Hey everyone, welcome to Mountain Made with Jess. This is your host, Jess Kissling, and welcome to today's episode. You guys, this one we get really real with a lot of the things going on. I've been in contact with Cody for a while now, working on getting a podcast together, and I I truly believe this is the perfect time, especially with Sound of Freedom coming out. She works within the state of Utah in regards to crimes against children. And we dive into everything that's going on with the pedophilia and the trafficking and um, crimes against children. We discuss ways that parents can empower themselves with knowledge and tools and what we can do as a community and as individuals to help with this movement that, you know, the Sound of Freedom movie and OUR and even other organizations that are, you know, doing everything they can to help these kids. We dive deep into some things. It's it's not an easy conversation to listen to, but it's a necessary one. We will have more podcasts with Cody and go into different areas, but this is a good introductory one on what's going on, how to protect our kids, how to help these organizations that are doing amazing things for children, rescuing them, doing the aftercare with them. And it it's just a phenomenal conversation. So we're going to dive right in. All right, guys, I'm here with Cody. I met Cody. Geez, how long ago was it? I was a baby. That was like, what, 10 years ago? 11 yeah. years ago? It's been a while through my sister. Yeah. And he's... Yeah, you guys were babies. It's wild how fast time's gone. Um, now we have babies. <laughs> and I connected with her again on social media over the last little bit. And we've got talking about a lot of different issues. And I wanted to have her on. The timing worked out phenomenal. I I cannot tell you guys, especially with the sound of freedom coming out and with where I think we're both at in life to talk about this difficult, difficult subject of trafficking. And in my mind, there's so much controversy going on with the sound of freedom and the trafficking. It makes me sick to my stomach how people aren't being more positive about it. But also in my mind, I'm thinking, I just have to do my part. And it's not about that. It's about these kids. It's about every single one of these kids. So Cody, tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Hello, uh, my name's Cody. I have a degree in criminal justice. I have a bachelor's in psychology and neuroscience. I'll be doing a PhD in the future, but... We'll see if my sanity lasts that long. (laughs) I'm a mom. I started working in this field the beginning of this year. So I'm still, still bottom of the totem pole, but I have a little bit under me that I felt honored and educated enough that when Jess reached out, I could provide some kind of useful information, especially like you said, with the timing of Sound of Freedom. We've been trying to do this for like, what, a month? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then finally I was like, oh, I could do it then. And it just worked out perfectly. So here we are. It's perfect. So you were telling me that you had um you had experience with OUR. 
what has been your thoughts, your experiences with them as, as a whole? As a whole, phenomenal. (laughs) Despite all the absolute BS going around about OU, the film and everything else, which we can get into in a minute. (laughs) He's an absolute angel. And that to be recognized for what he's doing. Um, the organization itself and everyone underneath him and that organization, or I should say with him, they're, before I even started what I'm doing now or getting into what I'm doing now, their website, you can go on and be a volunteer. They have events all the time. They keep you up to date. There's no pressure to give them money. If you do, cool. If not, you can volunteer. If not, you can still share a post. You can, you can still... Like it's so, they give you so many options as far as they make it very clear and they're very trustworthy on if you donate, this is where your money is going. Right. have options on there. I think you can donate to um, the aftercare. You can donate to them for, they have a program regarding adopting these kids so that they're not as high risk of being trafficked in these other countries and third world. Like they're, they cover every base. They don't make you feel pressured. Really, all they care about is saving kids and bringing awareness. And there are other organizations that I'm sure are of the same caliber from my own experience. They're, they're golden. Awesome. I've had nothing but respect and admiration for what they do. And like you say, I've been doing, I mean, even in in the UNA Basin, they've had 5Ks and, and things for, geez, for as long as I can remember. And at first, I didn't even know what that was. I went and did a 5K, didn't even know what it was for. And then digging into it, like, it's incredible. It The work that they do is so impactful. It's phenomenal. They're angels. And there are so many people that have no idea who they are. Yeah. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. Well, I think with the movie getting out, it's, it's growing the knowledge and the awareness, like oh, wildfire. I keep what I'm going into when I'm doing everything pretty quiet, but my few friends that do know, they went and watched the movie. They didn't even know what the movie was about. Oh, wow. So they went to go watch the movie. I had one friend that was like, oh my gosh, wow. I had no idea that it was that bad. Wow. Like everyone is just like blindsided by this yeah uh, they had no idea it's this bad they had no idea it was a caliber they're like wait what and that's what's crazy is I have this has been on my heart and mind for geez years but not knowing which is a big reason of why I wanted to do this this podcast with you is I didn't know how else to help other than yeah donate money or or volunteer I didn't know what else to do and I think a lot of people are in that same boat but now with the awareness growing, I think it'll spread more. And I think more people will be apt to want to help because they know like, it's not just this conspiracy. It's not just the thing people say, like it's happening. It's happening in individual communities. It's happening in big communities, small communities. It's happening everywhere. Everywhere. And that's the other thing is I think a lot of people have this misconception that it's only in third world countries, or it's only, you know, it's only brought into the U.S. It's not, it's not actually us. So we don't have to worry about it. The U.S. is the number one consumer and producer 
of child pornography and exploitation. We're number one, guys. It's on our front door. It's in our neighborhood. It's not, this is the other misconception. People think that it only happens in places of poverty or child welfare places. It's everywhere. It's in the bougie neighborhood up the road. It is everywhere. You guys can't just think it's in this one little box and be like, oh, well, it's not near me. I'm going to, I'm going to tuck my ears and bow my head. We're past that. We can't do that anymore. No, it, which is, it's heartbreaking, but it's also like, it's good to me to think now we are putting the power in the hands of parents, of communities, of people by telling them that this is happening, showing them what to do and giving them more, um, I guess, filling in more control and being more, like you said, empowered. More tools. Yes. To combat what we're dealing with on a daily basis. And in my mind, it's these kids is where our focus needs to be. It's not who said what, who's donated to what, who's it's our focus has to be on the kids. Yeah. Has to. Yeah. They don't really, I don't, and I know as parents, at least me, like I said, we cover our ears and we tuck our heads as soon as the topic comes up. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. I don't think they're doing it out of, I don't think they're doing it to be harmful. I think they're doing it out of fear. Fear, yep. It's all out of fear. And I understand because as a parent, you hear these things, you automatically, you put your babies in that position and it rips your heart out. I get it. Yep. Guess what? We can't do that anymore. We can't. And I, I told you, and I want to tell the listeners, I want you guys to listen to this podcast. And it's impossible for any kind of normal person. You're, you're still going to feel sick to your stomach listening to this. I want you coming away from this podcast feeling like you are even just one degree more prepared, more knowledgeable, and more capable of handling it for your family, for your children, yeah, and feeling more empowered as far as what role you need to take and how you can take a hold because it's not something that we can just tuck away anymore. It's just not. It's past that. Well, and that's what one thing that I, I got thinking, and it's kind of like that that dark corner of your basement that's scary and you don't want to go into. But once you shine a light on it, it makes you feel more powerful because you see what's going on there and then you can tackle what's going on. If there's a threat, you can handle the threat. But if you don't know the threat's there, you just shut the door to the basement and you never go there. We have to shine a light on it and we have to arm ourselves accordingly for the situation. So I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and, and honestly, just giving parents and people the tools and the knowledge to, like you said, feel more in control, feel more empowered and be a little less fearful because it is a tough subject. It's not a fluffy thing that we want to talk about, but we need to. It's horrible. And it doesn't get, trust me, it doesn't get easier just because you work in the field. You learn different tools, but it doesn't get easier. It would be harder in my, in my opinion, it would just get harder. To an extent. Yeah. But it's also, we see all the ugly and we hear about all the ugly, but we also get to see a little bit of good that can come right. from work and from other people doing the work. And 
That's another thing you can go on OUR and look at their success stories and you get to see what the survivors are doing. I think there's even on their storefront, you can buy things that survivors have made in order to support them as they're rebuilding their lives. How phenomenal is that? Incredible. Well, it's like, it's just like the movie. I mean, it it breaks your heart, but also like warms your heart seeing the success and the love and the pure heart that it, it has heart. Like it's so much love. And, and I think that, yeah, you're exactly right on that. You're exactly right. And there's the good and bad, but it's also, I think it's coming to a time where especially with I don't want to get too far into it because I'll get heated there are political and social agendas in our society right now that are really pushing this sexualization of our children in multiple ways and this is kind of the point where we need to dig our heels into the dirt because this is it's something else that we can't ignore, but it's also something that's contributing and kind of blurring the line of sexualizing children yeah. and the trafficking. They're trying to blur it all together right under our noses and we're not doing a damn thing. So in your mind, how as parents can we help that? Which part exactly? As, as far as them sexualizing and in, in my mind, it goes back to having open conversations with your kids. Yes. Talking to them about what they may, I mean, if your kids go to school, what they may learn in school might not be right. And if the thing, they don't, they don't care about parents actually knowing what's going on anymore. I don't think I don't have a child in school yet, so I can't speak. Maybe you can on that. Um, um, I feel like in in our community so far my kids have had phenomenal teachers and they've had really um similar views on stuff like that so so far there is stuff in school but as far as like what they're being taught and what's being said in the classroom by the teacher it's been great but i have been also working to talk to my kids through all these things that i'm seeing happen to other people to kind of, I guess, step ahead of it just to where if it does happen, like they know like what's okay, what's not okay. But is, as far as speaking out in society, they slam you down real quick. But, oh, yeah. but at some point we can't just, it kind of goes back to the silent majority thing. Like that's bullshit and it has to end. Did you and anyone that follows Andy Frisella may have seen this. Did you see what he posted about? I think he posted a blurb of the movie Ants. Yes. Where what, what was the bug? What's that one bug? I can't remember. It, I think he's a grasshopper. The grasshopper. Yep. Okay. Yep. Big, big douche grasshopper. Okay. He's talking to all his people and he says, if we let one of them stand up, they'll all stand up and they outnumber us. Okay. Let's take that and apply it to this one thousand percent what are we doing right. like we we're we all of us think the same right we have a good group of us the other ones are just louder <laughs> yeah we're just sitting here being like oh. um it's like i said I, I it's hard for me to speak on it i don't have children in school i don't know how 
the politics work, how the system works, it's this and the trafficking and everything just goes back to, we cannot be quiet anymore. Yeah. We can't, like you said, the silent majority, we can't do it anymore. Correct. About a lot of things, not just this, but a lot of things. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of let you take the lead on giving us parents some tools on what you've seen, what you, and maybe start on, on, I will, uh, my daughter, JC, I had her bring up something that she was curious about or wanted to know while I did the podcast. And I think that might be that that's kind of where my mind is wanting to start is she said, where, where do these kids, like, how do they end up in these situations? Like what can, basically what can I do as a kid? And and that breaks my heart because it's not these kids faults. It's Mm -hmm. not the children's fault. But even just giving them that power of knowing kind of what to look out for. And I don't want to scare our children, mm-hmm. but I also want them to feel like they know what signs to look out for and that they know kind of how to keep themselves out of situations that could possibly damage them. Yeah. So as parents, all we wanted to is take our babies and tuck them away from anything that would could ever hurt them, right? We can't do that. I wish we could, trust me, we can't. Okay, they're growing up in this world. Yeah. This is to be their new world. This is, and heaven knows what it's gonna be like in another 10 years. The fact of the matter is, is that we can protect them as we need to, but more importantly than protecting them, we need to prepare them. Yeah. Okay, it's not something we can change. We can't, we can't change that. What we need to do is, like you said, have we we need to get on their level. We need to have the hard conversations. This is going to be their reality. I would rather tell them, okay, this is what's going to happen when you get a phone. This is what you need to be aware of. This is what you need to look out for. If you know, if we can't just pretend. Like, oh, it's never going to happen. We don't need to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. You as parents, you know your baby's best. Each child may need to receive it differently. And that's something that you'll have to take the judgment on and you control as the parent. But they need to have these conversations because it's not something that's never going to affect your kids. It's going to be a matter of when it affects them right. or when it is them. Right. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, little kids... It's a little harder, but going back specifically to what JC asked, like you said, it breaks my heart that she thinks or worded it that way, I guess, because it's never the child's fault. Um, From what we know and what we have seen, children do mention that whoever they are violated by, most of the time, and other studies prove this as well, most of the time it's someone that they know. And it's the grooming process and they'll be asked, did you ever get a weird feeling? Well, at first, no, but then. Okay. So there's usually a moment where they're like, oh yeah, I know. So, and then it's like, oh, okay. So a big thing that I'm even trying to teach our child now, which is hard because he's young, like I said, teach them that it's more important to listen to their intuition than to be nice. 
well, that's and that's like, well, they could be a nice, I know it could be a nice person. It could also be someone trying to get access to them. And that's another thing we can go into as far as being paranoid versus being aware, but it's teach them that you don't have to be nice to that person. If they give you a weird feeling, you don't have to be nice to them. You just leave, you know, and tell in this situation, this is what you do. You ever get a weird feeling. I don't care if you're nice to them, honey. Don't be, you know, there's a line. Always don't punch him in the face and run if it's not necessary. But like, yeah. you know, and every kid will take that differently. Yeah. You don't to them. If they give you a weird feeling, go. And yeah. then we try to teach or we promote the no, go, yell, tell. Oh. So first, if someone comes up to you or to their your child, I should say. Teach them first. You say no if they ask. Hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to, you know? No, they try again. Go away, go away, and then you start yelling. Studies have that from all the cases that we've seen. If a child makes a massive fuss, starts yelling, screaming, kicking, it usually deters whatever situation is going to happen. So no, go yell, and then you tell. You go tell. The nearest adult, your guardian, if they're near anybody that is not linked or that person that just tried to do that. And that's usually something a little more fun for kids to remember and do. Um, but that's something we try to promote. It's It goes back to having those hard conversations. Don't care about being nice to someone if they give you a weird vibe. Something that I really like that I think my dad has been saying is um, this kindness is not a virtue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Being being a good person is not always being a kind person. Like there are certain situations that you cannot be a good person and be kind. And in today's in today's world, it seems like if you're not making someone feel you know, empowered or loved or seen, you're, you know, you're rude, you're hateful, you're racist, you're this, you're that. And it's not true. There's evil in this world. And it's getting more and more and more prominent in in our everyday lives. And we can't be kind to it. No, you can't because that opens a door that you don't even know. And it's it's hard because gosh, even what was a couple of weeks ago, me, my child, and my mother, we were at Costco, and this older gentleman, I mean, my radar was already up, but I, I thought about this, too, and I wanted to mention it when we were planning for this. I was like, he kept coming by, kept making comments. Costco's a big store, guys, okay? Like, there's no way I'm seeing you four or five times in a row, and you have to stop and say hi every time. Yeah. No, in mind, you know, we left. He watched us walking out of the parking lot. He was trying to say hi to my kid. It was, you know, and in my mind, you know, I got in a truck when we left and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, how sad is it that by chance, probably wasn't to be quite honest, he's probably scouting us out, but by chance, this older man was just trying to be kind, say hi, have conversation. And here I am thinking he's scouting us out. Like, what if, like, how sad is that, that we don't live in that world anymore? Right. At least where we can just be like he was just saying hi he was such a nice guy it's like no like and it's that hard line of being aware versus being paranoid yeah but in the today it's like it's leaning more towards you need to be aware 
Right. Well, and I think your intuition is yes. like, like you tell your kids, like us as parents, like we have intuition for a reason. And I think leaning on that to where if it's just a nice guy saying hello, it's one thing, but if they're being pushy and you continually see them and your intuition is saying like, this isn't a good situation, like we have to trust that. And even if I'm sorry, even if he was just being a nice guy, it's not going to hurt anything for you to have that radar up and your guard be up. But if you were to just say, oh, he's just a nice old man and something was to happen, that's not worth it. Mm -hmm. That was the other thing that just made me think of um, as far as parents, and this is going to be, it's a hard one because people are going to think of all these situations be like, well, what about this? So everything, especially a lot of the cases that I've seen and had to read about and work with and all of that the last, since I started this, a lot of them a lot of these people are in positions of power. A lot of them are in positions of power over our kids. Now, I'm not talking like big political people. I'm talking principals, coaches. Um, there was a guy that was employed by DCFS that got busted in Utah not too long ago. Um, they're not. They're not dummies. They no. put them in positions to be near their prey. I know that sounds horrible, but really they, they do. And it's, it's something you need to be aware of and you need to be, this is a, this is a lot for parents. I know I'm telling you to do a lot. You need to be involved. You need to have conversations and we recommend you don't let kids have one-on-one -on -one time with other adults, how you make your boundaries on who that is that is up to you and your child and you know if you include them in that decision whatever you decide yeah. but we recommend not allowing that um and you create that boundary with or without your child but it opens a lot of doors when you one don't communicate with your child about who they're spending time with what they're doing what activities are on what people are saying to them yeah. what adults are saying to them um but that's another really big one that I needed to mention because it's you would think that someone that is coaching your child how to kick a ball down the field would be you know oh they're fine they're helping it's so cute it's maybe I'm not saying every soccer coach is like this guys I'm just saying <laughs> a lot of these guys put themselves in these positions and just because they're in a position of power does not mean that they're exempt from doing horrible things well and I think that gives and I think it's it's really what they want because that power that puts that kid feeling like they have to listen to them. They have to obey them. It's not just a creepy guy in a van. It's not the creepy dude next door. It's somebody that they, and, and a lot of the times respect and really enjoy being around. Yeah. And I so, think that's a distinction to make. Oh yeah. So going back to that's kind of more the pedophilia going into more how that bleeds into the trafficking Quite a bit of the, from what I know, like I said, guys, I'm not a professional. I'm still relatively new, but from what I know and what I've seen, a lot of even the trafficking victims are not people that have been abducted. These are people that have been, that have been groomed, that have been put in positions of being under control of someone, whether that's through work, um, positions like that, a coach, whatever, um, other 
parental figures that they don't, you know, it's, it's not just the abductions. It's from people that they know and things that are the radar. Um, and like I said, it's, it's not just in places of poverty. It's not just in third world countries. It is everywhere. What do you think some good signs, um, as far as or, or red flags, maybe, or do you think that these people are just very smart at to where it's just best to eliminate the opportunity for things to happen in your experience and what you've seen? That's it. It depends because most of the time it's eliminating the opportunity, but it's also once again paranoid versus aware and I think it's going to be a case-to-case situation on what you view as a parent what your gut feeling is telling you as a parent and what your child is telling you I think that is communication with your child one thousand percent I think talking to them about experiences with adults in their life is hugely important and this doesn't even just go down to 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 the pedophilia or sexual abuse but emotional abuse Yes. And, and there's a lot of, I mean, there's, I'm, I understand there's a lot of doors. We don't, we don't need to go down today, but if there is people in your kid's life that they, they aren't, if it's not helping them or if it's harming them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If it's harming them in any way, again, kindness is not a virtue. You don't have to put your kids in those situations. No, no. that goes for family. Yeah. Any kind of school coach, no, anything. You don't have to be kind. You set a boundary based on what you feel is right and what your child is telling you. It all goes back to communication with the child. And it's, the thing is, is children that are lucky as you, as they are to have you and your husband have great parents that are involved and talk to them and have these conversations. The the children that are in welfare programs or in, orphanages or you know are in the system of adoption when they don't have that guidance and they don't have that support we find that they are usually the targets and they're usually the ones that are at the highest risk so and this is going to be a really open-ended question and probably a really tough one but for like say people like like me that have I, we have our kids we have our family we don't have kids in that situation. Is there a way or what would there be other than like helping with OUR or other organizations to help these kids? Is there anything we can do to help support them? Or does Mm -hmm. it depend on where they are in, in different systems? I'm sure. It will depend. I mean, it's, it's hard to give a blanket statement because case to case is so different. There are things that you can look for, but at the same time, a lot of those children in those situations already have trauma, already have had neglect, abuse, or other attachment issues, just things of that nature. Not all the time, but sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that can kind of make it hard. The thing that we... <laughs> Once again, it's it's hard to make a blanket statement, but it's having when they're young, you know, it's 
this is not very applicable, but as they get older, if you can teach your kids to kind of look out and see like, hmm, you know, so-and-so has had a really rough upbringing. They mentioned this today. Mind you, we know children can skew things, can make up things. I mean, we know that. Again, case-to-case thing. Yeah. If you if your child sees something odd and they tell you and you think there's enough validity to it, yeah, maybe something. And a lot of people hate doing that. They're like, uh-uh, I'm not touching it. They don't want to get involved. If you notice something, you have to say it, whether it's a child in your kid's school, if it's something out in public. Okay. Yeah. If, if you're worried about seeming stupid or silly for reporting something, imagine if you didn't and then you found out that there was something going on. Imagine the feeling you would have. Yeah. It's better to like that than to not say anything. Yeah. And then later, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't do anything. Why didn't I do anything? That's another thing I wanted to bring up to, and, and that's a good segue into it is if we're in public, say, you know, a gas station, a convenience store, um, a, a store, what is, what would be the appropriate action? And it, it like you said, that's going to be a hard one too, because there's so many different applications and so many different situations. You see a kid that you think is in trouble. Is it calling 911? Is it approaching the person? Is it like, what would be, I know it's going it, to, that's a super hard question, but is there a correct way to report something suspicious that you see or some abuse or, or something like that? I'm this is the, all these hard ones at you. <laughs> the mom, Cody, wants to tell you one thing. The one that knows the legalities of everything. <laughs> Another. Yeah. Um, it first and foremost you see something weird and you think there's enough validity you call 911 if they're in a vehicle you get the license plate number you tell them the make and model of the car where they're at if you feel surely enough to pursue it follow them be on with authority say this is really weird tell them everything you can let them know the legalities of it, you should not and cannot really do anything. Really right. should. And you shouldn't um, for safety purposes. You can try. We've had, we, I've heard of cases and where someone goes up and tries to talk to the kid. You'd usually try to do that. The perpetrator, their right. reaction tell you yes or no. That's right. um, usually putting yourself in danger. So we don't usually recommend that, but yeah. um, that's more of the mom Cody talking to right now because I'm like, I would go get that kid, be like, mm-mm, but probably don't do that. And you hear a lot about um, and this is kind of in that same same realm, but a little different, is when you're out in public, keeping our kids safe as far as like using the restroom, staying close to you, keeping an eye on them, getting in and out of the car, like what tips would you give parents on that? One, never, ever, ever, ever send your kid into a bathroom alone. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's public with a million stalls. I don't care if it's a single one room stall. Never. I don't care if you have four or five kids in a big full cart of groceries. You don't do that ever. Please don't do that. Getting in and out of the car with kids at a store. Um, 
I know for you mamas with more than one kid, it's chaos. You probably got a big vehicle, multiple doors open, things going on. Try really hard to get them all in and out of one area where they're all visible, where you can all, you know, everyone is right there. Um, the, the rule that <laughs> I'm so annoying whenever my mom has our child and she wants to take him somewhere. I'm like, what's the rule? And she goes, <laughs> get in the car first, then everything else. I'm like, yep. <laughs> always, always, always. If it's a matter of your groceries getting stolen or your kids. <laughs> right. I know that would suck. I get it. Guess what? Kids are more important. Kids in the car first. Yeah. Put the car, start it, get the AC on if you need to, lock it, have your keys, then go to the back, put in all your groceries. It takes five yeah. minutes for someone to reach, grab in a car. Well, and I think a lot of the times, at least for me in the past, and I'm guilty of this, is when my kids were little and they go in the front of the cart, like you're talking to them, you're interacting with them, you're getting your groceries. You seem like you're close, but in in all actuality, it takes you two seconds to turn your back to put something in the car and somebody walks by. Like it, it can happen within seconds. So we had a case and this, when was it? It was near the beginning where we had a mom. She was at a store. I think she, I think she had like a little SUV. She had pulled the cart in, but she had pulled, you know, the, the basket part of the cart toward her. Okay. She was in a tight spot, right? Like there's another car right here. She was in a tight spot. She yeah. could have reached like this and touched her baby, right? right. She's talking about baby, putting the things in the, her car. It took three milliseconds. That's one, two, three. Okay. Imagine that baby was gone someone in a van pulled up took the kid oh and she gosh. it was a nine-month-old baby girl two weeks later they found her in a ditch she had been sexually assaulted and killed this stuff happens so damn fast and i know all the parents right now are like their hearts are sinking because it's like you feel like you can't not be on your guard yeah it happens so fast and it it you do have to be on your guard. Yeah. Like I said, I'm hoping that as this continues, that you guys feel more prepared. You know what to do. You know what to look for. Because I don't want anyone feeling like, oh, I just can't go out with my kids. I, I can't. I'm too scared. You know, I don't want you to feel like that. That's not the purpose of this. Yeah. We need to be aware of the realities of it so that you can be prepared. You know what to do. You know what not to do. Right. I love that. I love it. It's crazy to me how something can happen so drastically fast that alters your whole world. Yeah. Your oh, whole yeah. You wake up and do the same morning routine you do every day, yeah. drop off kids, do this, do that. Just like that, everything can shift. And I think that's something that being aware of it is great. But I think it's so important to just little tips like that kids in the car first, the the ability to tell your kids what to do. As far as if somebody comes up to them. Um, I watched a video a while back on he was on Instagram. And this guy approached these parents and said, Hey, can I see if your kid will talk to me as a stranger? And these parents said, I guess, you know, so he approached them with puppies. And, and most of these parents, all of these parents said, yeah, we've prepared our kids for this. The kids weren't prepared for this. 
No, they saw puppies and they jumped, huh? Yes. And that's one thing that I think we, we think we talk to our kids and, and I'm, I'm in this just with everyone else. I'm, I'm not, I'm not perfect at this. I'm, I'm learning every day, but like you said, this has been on my, on my mind, on my heart. I, I went super deep into this a few years ago and it, it humbled me really quick. Mm-hmm. And I would rather know these these things are happening and be more prepared, even though, yes, things can happen even if you are prepared. But seeing that those kids' parents were like, yeah, we, we've prepared them for this. There was one kid, and it was, it was a, a brother and a sister, that told him no. One out of like six. Mm-hmm. And so just knowing just your, your no and the, okay, you got to remind me of what it was again. So there's no go, yell, and tell. Yep. Okay. I love that. That's something mm-hmm. that's something kids can remember. And letting our kids know that it is not just creepy guys in vans. It's people you know, people you look up to, people you're around all the time. And that I wanna I wanna have you touch a little bit on how to have that conversation with our kids and and how how we can be good at talking with them if something does happen at the, the horrific chance that something does happen to your kid and they feel uncomfortable, but they come to you with this. How do we handle this? How do we let our kids know that they can talk to us about these things and that they are not in trouble? Like, like what can you tell us on that subject? I'm going to sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but it is going to go back to the relationship you have with them before anything happens yeah if you have a strong enough communication line with them and you have enough trust with them I understand we're parents before we're friends yeah at all that's important but they need to know that they can talk to you right the amount of people even adults that I've heard say well this happened to me when I was seven years old I just never told anyone what it's like how heartbreaking yeah I, I, it's so normal and it's, I want to put myself in that position when people ask me this and be like, Hey, if something like that happened to me, what would I need my parents to do in order for me to feel comfortable? Because that's the other thing I don't think people realize is if, if someone were to do something to me when I was a child and I never said anything about it, let's think about they did it to me at whatever the likelihood of them doing it to other people and them having other victims is very high. How many other people affect and how long has it gone on because you didn't feel comfortable saying anything to your parents and us as parents to think about that. Yeah. Well, 1000%. And I think it goes back to back, you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't as, it wasn't as, common I guess to hear about stuff like that happening and nowadays we have to parent our kids differently than our parents parented us like we have to the world is different things are different our kids are going to be thrown with stuff that we never had to deal with some of some of it we did but a lot of it like we're raising a completely different um generation right now completely different I wish that we were able to even in our neighborhood we're in the country there's not a lot of people kids riding their bikes and I'm like 
I think about 50 years ago, when you could be in the middle of town, crazy, yeah. people just bikes, letting kids run to the store by themselves. Like, could you imagine living in a time like that? I Not that they, it would be fantastic. <laughs> that bad things didn't happen then, but just, it just breaks my heart. The point that it's all gone to, but with that being said, the work and the people that are combating that and you wanting to do things like this and the things that we're planning and OUR and all these other organizations and even people that just want to donate and listen to this podcast. Right. So all these things are happening. Yes. And it's dark and it's horrible, but there is good going on and we're magnifying it. And that's all you can really do. Well, and what I think of is, is how strong is this generation of kids going to be? We're raising warriors. Like we're raising incredible kids. And yes, they're going to go through a lot that we didn't have to go through, but they're going to be hella strong for it. My gosh. Yeah. So strong and so amazing and so resilient. And they're going to have a light and a caringness about them. At least in my opinion, I see, I see kids nowadays. And at first, you know, you, you don't really, at least I hadn't, I thought, well, kids are just lazy and they're just on their TVs and their phones and no, like there is amazing kids out there. And sure. I generalize that a lot, but, but honestly, I've had my eyes open to how strong-willed and, and that's one thing that it's hard to have a strong-willed kid because they're hard-headed and they want what they want. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, think how they can use that for good. I read something, oh gosh, this was forever ago. And it, and this was before I, I even had kids. And I remember it being so cool being put this way and it was something along the lines of you know god is sending these strong-willed children for a reason they have to be strong-willed for what they are going to endure during their lifetime here i love it way that they need to be built in order to conquer whatever they're going to endure on this earth they're here right time they're strong-willed and stubborn and driving us crazy because they need that in order to survive whatever they're going to go through and to make a difference and be good in the world yeah and it said what was it something about not crushing their strong will Mm -hmm. parents but shaping it because they're they're going to need it they 1000% are going to need it and that's one thing that I see with my kids nieces and nephews, kids that are friends with my kids, like there are some strong headed, but determined hard. Like they, they will work for whatever they want. As far as there's so many kids that my son, it's, it's a curse and a blessing. I'm not even saying it's a curse. It's not a curse, but it it makes it hard. Cause if he wants something by hell, he's going to do everything he can to earn money to get it. But that means him asking me 20 times a day, what can I do to earn money? In your opinion. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're eight, you're nine. What, what are you going to help me? I mean, finding tasks for that age is hard, but I'm like, the fact that he is willing to do that is fantastic. <laughs> well, we just have to roll with it. We do. That breaks my heart too, though, because then I think about the children that don't even understand that. Not trying to take, go back into a dark turn, but going back into the children that are birthed and sold. Yeah. 
pedophilia and trafficking and all of that. They don't even understand what normalcy is. They don't have the chance. And to think about how resilient they are. Oh. To endure everything that they do. We have only a glimpse of what they endure by the time we get there. But it's it's incredible to think about, you know, we all go through hard things. We all have traumas of our own. Mm-hmm. But these children, and going back to talking about how resilient these children being born in this yep. age are, here for a reason because they can handle it. It goes for our kids that are blessed enough to be in the positions they are, but it also goes for those kids. Oh, 1000%. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that goes through my mind a lot is how do these kids, where do these kids have to go mentally in that situation? And that's what's, that's what's hard is I, I look at that and I think God is with these kids. He has to be. Oh, yeah. And I have no doubt in that. No. None. For them to endure what they do and to, if they are rescued and the amount of success stories that there are, even though there are physiological and physical effects from what they endure and seeing them be successful after the fact is one of the most incredible things that anyone will ever see. I really recommend anyone and everyone go onto OUR and look at their success stories and survivor stories, but it's, but at the same time, I think we need to remember that these babies, cause they are babies. And I, when I say babies, I mean newborn to however old, because it starts with them as young as they can get. Um, they're still developing, right? If you are put into any environment, that's what they know. Right. That's what, and they don't know any different. They think that's normal. Right. There are the few that know that that's not normal, but it's, you know, it's just survival for them. They're automatically in that survival state. And they don't know any different. So right. their brain just adapt. Um, going into the, my nerdy neurological side of things, there's been PET scans of brains of victims done where it shows brain scarring and areas of the brain that are so damaged that it causes the abnormal physiological reactions where, you know, you and I would have this reaction. Theirs is totally different and skewed. Parts of their brain are completely shut off. And it's usually the parts of the brain that are connected to emotion and that kind of processing right. because they've had to be in survival mode and they just, okay, their brains just, they just don't activate that because if they did, they can't. So have you seen afterwards, if these kids are rescued, able to like the process of almost reversing that while also helping them cope that has to be a hard line for those kids to be able to open that gate once it's been shut for so long. The aftercare, and this is something Tim Ballard talks on a little bit, is the aftercare is just as important, if not more so important than the rescue. Because you see them, but they don't know any different. They don't know what to do. They don't know how 
live a normal life. They don't know that they can have a personality and laugh. They don't, they don't, they have no idea. So as far as reversing the damage, a lot of, I, I can't say it's not irreversible. There are a lot of things that are just different, but not irreversible. Um, right. It's case to case. It just depends, but it's very, it's very hard and it takes a lot of time and resources, but yep. still them come into themselves and have that chance of having a life and normal and happy joy and laughing. And that, that's what I think would be so powerful to see a kid come in and be completely shut off to emotion and then watch them progress to, to laughing and seeing it kind of like in that movie, it, it legit, that sound of freedom, yeah, legit what it is. And to me, there is nothing greater. No, I think, what was it? Tim Ballard and Jim are doing so much press right now. And there's been so many phenomenal podcast releases lately. Um, I watched one this last week. I can't remember with who it was with, but Tim told a story about this child. He was undercover going in for this one child and undercover. So this child met Tim as someone that was going to molest him. You know, he was, he was buying, Tim was acting as someone that was buying the child and this kid, this child knowing or thinking that Tim was, you know, one of the bad guys, he looks up at Tim and asks for a football. Will you come back? When you come back, will you bring me a football? Wow. And just the fact that this baby that is being put through all of this, right? Like those to like they're still babies yep. they still just they still just you know and it it just rips my heart out because it, I think we hear about this and we distance ourselves from it because we don't want to hear it we don't want to listen to it and it's like he is no different than the little boy upstairs sleeping right now they're that, no different that's one thing that I it, it's kind of like in my mind it's we shut it off because it's uncomfortable for us, yeah. but we have to think of how uncomfortable it is for these kids. Mm-hmm. We're adults. Most of us, I'm not going to say all, because there is, there's people that have had instances where they can't emotionally go there because of these kind of things. But to me, it's like, it's worth it for me to feel uncomfortable. If it, if it makes my eyes open to a kid at a store that is being abducted or if my kids are around somebody that possibly could sexually molest them like it's worth it to me to get uncomfortable we have to get uncomfortable but also it like you like you said these kids are just babies they're just babies and it, we both kind of come from so I used to be a personal trainer and I did powerlifting Jess comes from an athletic background of wellness and all this cool outside stuff, right? So I feel like we're from a common background. We may have listeners that are from that as well. I thought about this aspect too, because follow Andy Frisella, you know, these fitness, you know, entrepreneur, motivational speakers that talk about discipline, doing the hard thing, your mindset. They're usually talking about business or fitness, right? How about we take that? Let's flip it and put it on this. Dude. You want the hard things? 
Quit pushing topics like this out, grow some balls, educate yourself and do something. How much of a coward are you for you to just push this away because it hasn't affected your child yet? That right there. Yep. 1000%. How about we shift all this motivational talk into something that matters? like saving children and us not talking it away because it hasn't affected us yet. Or because we think it's a conspiracy or it's being brought out to distract us. Like so started on the, I was furious in all these reviews, just completely bashing it. I'm like, who would bash an absolute angel of a man and a phenomenal organization saving children? Come on, common sense. Who does that? Paint it however you want. It's wrong. If that respectfully, I don't give a shit. It's wrong. Agreed. (laughs) That's where I I ended that movie. And even before then, like I wanted to know what I could do. And I think this is a great start. Like this is this is just a base level start. But I wanted to open up that conversation and put that out. I mean, I'm I don't have a huge podcast, but there's moms and dads and people that listen to it. And if you guys found value, which I 100% think you do in this, share it with people, share the knowledge of this, go see the movie. You can buy movie tickets online for people that can't afford to go see. That's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But we have to be more. And I think everybody's so afraid of getting canceled or shut down or getting their Instagrams deleted or people yelling at them. It doesn't matter at this point. It can't matter. No. There was something that the main character of the movie, um, and I don't want to just call him the main character because he's an incredible human as it is. Jim, um, he's very religious. He shares a lot, which I love. He shared something in an interview, and this was a while ago, that stuck with me that I really wanted to add to today. And he said... You know, during preparing for this movie and this role and everything he learned about and experienced and everything, he had to pray a lot and had to prepare a lot. One of the things he said that came to him was, can you love my children more than you fear evil? So we as parents, I am going to say it again. I don't want you to listen to this podcast and be panicked. It's going to make you sick to your stomach. I understand. But you need to feel empowered. You need to realize This is a lot bigger than just keeping your babies in your home. There are children being mutilated. There are children being attacked that are the same age as yours. Yeah. This is something we can keep tucking away. If you are scared, empower yourself by learning more, knowing what to do. Listen to this podcast. Go and listen to the million of phenomenal podcasts that Jim and Tim are doing right now because they're amazing. We're going to link a bunch of them that we've listened to below in the notes. I literally had a list and I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> Here's a couple. Throw them on. <laughs> Cause I've listened to a few that just, it's phenomenal. And I think I've shared them on my Instagram before, but I want to share them in the notes here too, because that you shared the one with Jordan Peterson is one of yours. And that one was phenomenal. The Sean Ryan one I listened to with Jim Caviezel and it was phenomenal. Like there's dig into it dig into this because it's happening. And like you said, there's kids, your age, your kid's age that this Mm -hmm. is happening to. So to shift gears a little bit, 
in a situation where you feel someone is trying to take your personal child, you see something happy, somebody's, do you, and, and I think I know where the answer is to this, but do you, <laughs> do you suggest people carry a gun, tasers, knives, um, yelling, screaming, like what in your mind is appropriate? And, and in my mind, in my mom mind, it's whatever you got to do. <laughs> protect your kid. And I think most parents would agree with that. But in the situation of somebody is legit trying to walk away with your kid, any means necessary, in my opinion, but like, is there something to, I don't know, something you've seen that that's worked better than others or what's your thoughts on that? Until Carrie, okay. but, but don't want you guys to just carry around a prop. Yeah. Go out and buy a gun. And not know how to use it. Don't yeah. go out and have pepper spray, but not know how to take the cap off and okay. <laughs> not carrying around props. We're carrying around weapons in case yeah. of something. I, I feel bad kind of being like bare bad news, but we cannot, we can't walk around without anything anymore. Or if you do, you are very brave and I'm praying for you because you can't. Yeah. You can't. And if you don't have a weapon on you or some kind of means of defense, by any means necessary, if it's, well, I can't say that, by any means necessary. <laughs> your imaginations. <laughs> and especially, we've already got a list of things going yeah. on. Yes. So. Um, in my, in my opinion, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought because I'm going in all these different <laughs> Of, of protection, but you need to know that gun inside now. You need to be able to do this within seconds. Just because you can go to the, the gun range and shoot your gun, train in these situations. And, and I, have, I have got a lot of work to do in this, but I know my gun inside mm -hmm. now. I can grab, like, I, I don't have to look at the gun. I don't have to, it, it's automatic at this point. I carry it with me biking. It's it, it, it's with me constantly. Yep. It's Good. right there, actually. So <laughs> it's it's everywhere with me. I'm at my office right now, so I'm I'm not at home, but it's everywhere with me. My kids know about it. And I think that's one thing we need to educate your kids on. I have this, like you don't play with it, gun safety for sure. But my kids know I have it. In fact, yes. my son was really young and I had it with me. I was going into the grocery store and he's like, mom, I said, what? He was, you going to get arrested. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get arrested. <laughs> so I had to have that conversation, but it's just become something that's automatic for me. And it took a minute to get used to, but do you know how nice it is to know? Like if I need it, it's right there. Like it, it is empowering, but also yeah. knives. I carry a knife on me a lot of the time too, because if you're in close quarters, it seems like that is easier to access and use as women, especially men can overpower us. Like, even if you are trained in martial arts, jujitsu, whatever, it is very easy for a man to overpower us. Anything can happen at any time. Yep. <laughs> That cracks me up. You're gonna get arrested. Mom. You're gonna get arrested, mom. It's like, no, no, buddy. <laughs> I'm not gonna go shoot someone, but it, it was just funny. 
but that's one thing I think is important for women to, I actually, I had a friend, um, she's been on the podcast before she was, we're in the city together and she's like, I need to figure out which gun to carry. And I'm like, well, cause she was, my husband's a big man and he likes all these big guns. Like that's not feasible for me. So, well, you can feel how mine feels and see what you think because you have to feel comfortable with it. It's something you have to be able to feel like you can grab and use at a moment's notice. So I'm not telling you to carry a prop. I need you to carry something that you know how to use, that you feel comfortable using that God forbid something happens, you know how to use it. And that goes back to the whole people are like, well, I don't want to carry a gun. Okay. Whatever. Pepper spray night. Pepper. Yeah. Is it worth it to you to be able to protect your kids? Yeah. Then you'll help. You'll learn how to use it. And you'll feel that much more prepared and that much more secure and being able to protect yourself and your babies. Yeah. Well, and, and if you don't have kids, it's there to protect you as well. Like, oh, yeah. even if us moms go to the store by ourselves at night, like, or if you're single and you don't have kids yet, it's not just kids that there's problems with. No, it's women. I mean, I don't think I don't have experience or I've heard of many males. Um, it's usually all been boys and girls, children. A lot of people think it's only girls. It's not, it's boys too. Um, and females. So would you mind going in a little bit on, on the women's side of it on anything touch on, on the realness of that? Um, as far as which part, as far as, (laughs) It, it's common. It happens. Sorry. People, I think it's kind of like the kids thing. We, we see it, you know, in social media or in movies or, but like women going out running or hiking, biking, going to the stores, like, yes, we talked about arming ourselves, but maybe talk about situational awareness, the likelihood of, you know, where these things happen more often, or if you're in that situation, Obviously, going alone places, not the smartest idea ever, especially desolate areas, just because you never know. Um, You may be thinking, oh, no one's ever here. Well, one person be there is probably, you know, may not be the best quality. Something may happen. Um, Situational awareness goes back to what old Ted said. Kindness is not a virtue. I'm sorry. We're not in that generation anymore you don't have to if they're making you uncomfortable something seems weird say something make sure that they know you see them um if you go running or hiking don't have headphones in because animals and but also because you wouldn't hear someone else coming um have your head up it's do you feel like confidence is a as a part of it is it's not having um, phone or having your head up being aware like looking them in the eye letting them know that like you see them make sure that they know you see them because you're sitting there staring at them and they're soaking in all the features and everything they're like oh she knows my features she's she's paying attention she sees me right cool um i say it as a joke it's it's a joke but not really a joke RBF saves lives. If you, <laughs> it like, does. I like it a lot. If you look confident, you yeah. look mean, look like you would give someone hell if they tried to touch you, likely won't be a target. 
Yeah. I can't say that makes you invincible. That's not right. what I'm saying. I think they usually look for people that aren't paying attention, that look timid, that look very unsure of themselves. Have RBF, have your head up, be paying attention. You'll be able to catch on if something's weird. Because I think as as women, we're, we're distracted a lot. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not. I There's a lot going on in the day. I try to be situation, situationally aware, but I think a lot of the times if somebody's making you feel uncomfortable, you don't want to stare them down. You want to just get away from the situation. But I've had to really remind myself, like, that's what they want. They want you to feel a little bit uncomfortable and not want to approach that or have confrontation. They're going to see how you react to that. Yeah tells them what to do next how you react to it is generally going to be like hmm okay she's she's showing assertiveness maybe not yeah I like that and it it goes back to with your kids too if if somebody's making attention kind of like what you talked about with the guy at Costco if you're making an uh what's the word a direct like acknowledging them, acknowledge your kid. If you're acknowledging that and letting them know that you're paying attention to them versus just being, you know, busy shopping, that says a lot to them too. And from what I can think. Yeah. The guy in Costco, when he's, he was consistently trying to interact with my child. And at one point he just happened to be checking out next to us at the same time. And he comes over to say something else. And so I, assert myself shoulders back and I kind of step in between he and my son by the cart and I go mm-hmm. and I just stare at him and he immediately if you pay attention body language will tell you everything if they automatically kind of oh, and shoulders kind of cave in and they turn their torso or their head and kind of or their feet any oh, kind of okay. which like can be direct or indirect okay. you will see them kind of like oh and they'll move on something to pay attention to a lot is body language because their body can be turned towards you, but their head may be facing this way. So you'll look and they're not looking right at you, but if their body is like this, they've been weird. They're looking, I guarantee you, as soon as you look away, they're back out scouting your, their body is facing towards whatever they're thinking about, whatever they're targeting, something along those lines. The body language is really big. I like that. In Utah specifically, I think everybody thinks it's, you know, small towns, good family, religious. It's happening a lot more than I think they even tell us. Like, is there statistics or numbers or anything that you can, I I don't want to say shock people, but inform people with. As far as actual numbers there's none up to date that I would feel comfortable sharing just because I'd be inaccurate. What I will tell you is that people will likely be very disgusted and surprised to know that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so much more prevalent than people want to recognize to the point that there are families going to courthouses signing off their rights to their children and giving them to other people in front of the damn courthouse. Seriously? And getting paid for it. No. Now that is something very common in third world countries because of their, it's how they survive. It's a means of survival, telling their children to people. It's happening here. Wow. It, in, it's happening in Utah and it's happening everywhere. 
But these are the things that people don't even think are real. They don't think, oh, no, no one does that. We're in Utah. Yeah. It's happening everywhere. Okay. People don't care. When you are that detached and you are a part of that world that sees children as ways and means of making money or I don't know if we want to get into the other realms of what children are used for, but it's, it's here. It's to us. It's not this abstract, oh, horrible thing that happens in third world countries and Mexico. No, it's here. It like has me speechless because you do want to believe that the world is good and that people are good. It is. It's just not. We're having a really hard time balancing out the good with the bad right now because there's a hell of a lot of bad and a lot of people that are too damn scared to do anything. Yeah. Wow. It it's hard to it's hard to imagine. And and it sounds weird, but you know, connecting it to like people you know in your community. Um, we had a girl, I think it was last year, meet a guy, and I, I believe she was 14. She met a guy through, I believe, the Oculus games. Um, it was, I think, the first, the first kidnapping case they had through that device in, I don't know if it was the state or the nation, um, but she'd communicated with him. He drove from, it was states and states away, like it was not close, and coaxed her into going with him. She went willingly from what I, from what I hear, but as soon as she got in with him, he, I want to say he was in like a truck or a semi had her hidden. Luckily they tracked him down and she was returned to her parents within the next day, I think, luckily. So I would like to, as uncomfortable as it is for people to think of their kids being targeted on their phones. It happens a lot from what I hear. How, because we talked about it briefly earlier, it's it's, it's not a matter of if, it's, it's going to be when, no matter what situation, whether it's people exposing themselves in photos to your kids, trying to groom your kids, targeting their location, whatever it is, there's, there's numerous things that can happen. What are some ways to help protect our kids, educate our kids, and talk to our kids about keeping them safe online? The first thing... This is you are the parent. You can decide how you want to handle this. My recommendation, keep them off social media. If you as the parent have social media, make it as zip tight private as you can. If you choose to post pictures of your children, but keep your kids off of it. Don't allow them to have social media profiles. If you, a great example or something for parents that they should see is there's a show, I don't remember what it's on. It's called Undercover Underage. And it's this organization that they go undercover, they pose as children on these sites or on these devices. The amount of predators that pop up within a matter of 10 seconds of your child having a profile or anything is horrific. And it's not just on the show, okay? This is not like, oh, they they fluke it, it's whatever. They go and catch these guys, okay? They show you everything. Because they're trying, the whole purpose of the, the show is to show parents like, hey, 
this is what's happening on your child's phone when you're not with them. This is what's happening when your child is playing a video game and this older guy joins in and he starts talking to your kid and you just think he's in his room playing video games. Yeah. I have no idea. That's, it's wild to me because like, even my husband has played, you know, Xbox live in the past, he's played with like his brothers and, and his stepdad and stuff. And it's cool. You can communicate with people around the world. That's awesome. Right. In the right context. Yes. With the right knowledge and awareness. That's something my son is not allowed to have. It's a no, it's, it's a non-discussion. And like you say, it's it's up to every parent's discretion. But in, in my mind, it's just not worth it. No. And yeah. if they do, when you give a child a phone, whatever, there are too many apps and options and safety precautions that are available in this day and age for them to not have anything. I would highly recommend if you give them a phone, depending on whatever age, it's up to you. I would recommend waiting until they're quite a bit older. You've had those hard conversations and the realities of this is what could happen. This is your responsibility. This is what we communicate about. This is what you're prepared for, you know, and have those precautions set on the phone. There's, there's too many for you to not have anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. All we have now, there's, there's no excuse for there not be something on that phone to ensure their safety. Correct. On top of the communication, though, and on top of you telling them the realities, because if you just say, here's a phone, but it has all these restrictions, they're not going to understand why. They're just going to think that you're being that mean, horrible parent that's and keeping that's all the rebellion, I think, comes in and the hiding. And and I'm not saying that can't happen with parents that feel like they have really good communication with their kids. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But I think that's more when it comes in is when it's just a hard line of like, nope, this is all you can have that's the end of story. And that's one thing that I, I struggled to talk to my sweet daughter about the horrific things that can happen on a cell phone and on social media. And I I've done it in steps. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm not claiming to be, but she knows exactly what can happen. She doesn't even want a social media. She doesn't even want an Instagram. And it's not as like scared. It's just, it doesn't interest her. It's not worth having. She also knows the dangers of it to where I've even had the conversation on her friend's phones and what she should look out for with her friends. And when she's not with me on other people's phones, and that's not even on top of the pornography that kids are introduced to right now. That's a whole other realm. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a whole other that just it just makes me sick to think about I just it's become so normalized Mm -hmm. I don't even know it you can get on any Instagram page and it's right there whether you want to define it as actual sexual intercourse or naked women it's everywhere and it's disgusting yeah well that's what's it's hard for me because these kids I get like it they want to fit in they want to see things they want to be involved but to me their innocence is being taken at such a young age just by these things and and it sucks as an adult to think I don't want to talk to my kids about these things because I want them to stay innocent I want them to stay naive have this this childhood that's not the world we live in anymore 
if you as the parents don't have the conversation, someone else will for you and it will not be in the correct way. I can guarantee you that. Yes. I 1000% agree. Um, as far as, and this, this is going to be, I guess your opinion with what you do at what age do you feel is appropriate to talk to kids about the real, the trafficking, what's happening with babies, what's happening with, with even women, there is horrific things going on. I want to prepare my kids and I know everyone else listening does too, but I've tried to go in stages as she gets older and as my son gets older, but what age, I guess, and this would be a good a good way to put it is what age would you show your kid sound of freedom? At what age would you have those conversations of if you get kidnapped, this is what could happen? Or do you, I mean, what's your opinions on that? I think it will be very, it will be based on the maturity of the child. Um, heaven knows that <laughs> a 16 year old girl may have a different maturity level than a 16 year old boy, <laughs> Very you know, yeah. but all children are different. And I think you as the parents know, yeah. and I think you will need to tailor how much detail you give them yeah. in the conversation. I say you start the conversation with very very edited details yeah young I would say like I said depends on the maturity of the child but I would say seven to eight years old not a little sooner just very vague you know sometimes you know there are a lot of people are very nice some of them don't have good intentions this could happen you know this is why you talk to mommy about so-and-so said this so-and-so did this Mommy, this made me feel weird. That person made me feel this way. You know, it doesn't have to be. And I don't want to just give a generic answer, but truly you as the parents know your child best. You will know how they'll receive something best. Right. Do with that as you will. Give whatever detail you think they can handle without terrifying them. And it goes back. We're talking to parents right now. Empower them. Don't try to scare the piss out of them and right. empower them. Okay, this is their reality, but this yeah. is how we this is what we do. Cause I think and in my mind, thank you for that. Cause in my mind, I'm I've been open my eyes have been open to this for a long time. It's not new to me. But for a lot of people it's brand new. Like especially if they're not on social media a whole lot, but yet they they went and seen the movie or they had a friend that that went and saw the movie. This is brand new to them. And and maybe they haven't even started having these conversations with their kids and they don't know where to start. So I think that was super helpful, even though you feel like it was pretty generic. I feel like that was a perfect answer because for me, like I've been slowly and heaven knows I have a lot of work to do in that area, but slowly having those conversations with both my kids to where I hope they realize why I parent the way I parent. Cause I think that's key too, is if your kids just think you're a paranoid weirdo for no reason, like that's not going to serve them. Oh. <laughs> Anything going to hinder them and it's not going to allow them to 
learn it's not going to allow them to go into the world and feel confident which is going to cause other issues as an adult and as a you know it causes this ripple effect so I agree um I think I'm gonna jump do you have anything you want to say before I jump into a few questions no jump into it okay so I had a few people ask um some questions on social media and then I say I already asked my daughters um with your career the way it is being involved with this on a daily basis. How do you emotionally handle that? Oh, um, a lot, a lot of prayer, a lot. Um, you cannot, and mind you, I am still like, like I said in the beginning, I am no expert. I am not on scene doing these operations. I'm still pretty low. I'm relatively new to this. So knowing how hard it is for me, I can't imagine the strength, the light that the people that are running these operations and in it have to have. Um, It's a lot of prayer. It's you can't be in this field or in the criminal justice field at all and not have some kind of base because of the things that you see and hear and have to study and learn is all very dark. All you're seeing is the darkest of the dark. And it would be very, very easy to let that control my mind, to suck me in, to affect how I parent and how I restrict my son, um, how it affects my relationship. Like all these things, you have to have a very deep base. And like I said earlier, there's a whole lot of evil right now and it's very heavy. However, there is still also a whole lot of light and a whole lot of hard ass work that's going into combating that. And that's something that be, that should be discussed and celebrated. So having that mindset of having my own faith and knowing God's plan, knowing that I'm helping and having some kind of hand in all of this and knowing that there is all this, but there's also light and there's also good things going on and there's going to continue to be. really helps yeah and I think it's just gonna get better I I honestly do I I think there's a lot of you hear you know what the statistic of you know two million children trafficked each year that's daunting like it makes you feel like almost hopeless oh yeah but with all the work going into it and all the people that are getting involved now and with all the amazing people that that there are on on this world. Cause I truly believe there's far more good than there is bad, but yeah. just getting them aware and giving them the tools to know how to combat it. It yes. will just get better. And th- that is my hope. That's my prayer is that this just this, this movement of people wanting to help and want to get involved yes. is the best thing that could happen. It's not yeah. going to be fixed through law. It's not going to be fixed through government it's going to be us on the ground and the people that are willing like tim and and the people that are willing to go and risk their lives for these kids can you love my children more than you fear evil parents you need to listen to that five times over okay it's not just your children it's all these children that are being exploited every single day multiple times a day everywhere 
you can't just not do anything just because it's not your baby. What if it was? Well, it's like in the movie. I love how he puts that as what if this was your daughter? One kid matters. Mm -hmm. Every kid matters. God's children matter. And I love that it's becoming more talked about, more openly discussed. I love that people are wanting to get involved. That is my next question is other than financially, you kind of touched on it earlier on OUR is volunteering in our communities. Is, is there local organizations in Utah or does it, does it depend on the community that you can get involved with? Um, I don't know how it works as far as like with foster kids or kids that are at risk or can we get involved in helping them any other ways or is it just we need to to help support people that are able to go save these kids on like a higher level I guess as kind of annoying as it is because I know there's a lot of people that just want to jump in and you know catch them themselves (laughs) a lot of people that would love to do that however there's mama Cody and then there's legal Cody. So I'm like, yeah, which one do I let talk? Um, it's, uh, I wish I could tell you, go out and catch them. It's not the best idea. The best thing to do is to raise awareness, but also raise support. It's okay. very, very, very easy to throw together a fundraiser. It's very easy to set up a fundraiser on your social media I recommend OUR always. There are other organizations, but you need to do your research and guarantee that the money that you're gathering or donating yourself are right. going to, you know, what it says it is, right? Um, other than that, it's raising awareness, preparing yourself, donating, and trying to learn more about the people that do go in and do these things. And a lot of it, I mean, legalities, you you can't just go in as a civilian and start taking people down. Don't recommend that. But you can support the people that do and are trained to. Yes. Uh, and that's one thousand percent. That is one thing that I think a lot of people and I get it because my mama brain wants to just pummel people's asses. I get it. Bad. I'm not the one that that's going to be able to go do that, though. What I can do is is this podcast with you. What I can do is like these fundraisers we are working on setting up. What I can do is talk to my kids. I can look after the kids that I am around. And that means anywhere, the store, schools, paying attention to, you know, teachers that might be a little off. This goes for everything. And that's, that's something that I think we realize. Yes. We're not going in and saving these kids personally, but it might be that one kid that you see that's struggling that you talk to somebody about and it's, it helps that kid. Yep. That's why it drives me nuts when people want to say, oh, this is just a conspiracy. It is right under your nose. You have just conditioned yourself to not see it because it's uncomfortable. Right. Right. Um, one thing I, I really want to bring up is prayer is a huge tool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Our faith, no matter where you believe, what your, what your religion is, what your faith is, prayer is huge. Pray for the people that are on these operations. Pray for people like you, 
personally that are doing this work because it's hard and it's heavy. Pray for these people, pray for the parents of other kids, pray for these kids that are in these terrible situations. Pray for the kids in the foster care situation. I, I know that's probably a whole other realm of ways to talk. I won't get into that aspect, but there are so many things that a prayer and think of if, you know, people all over started devoting part of their prayer to that. I feel like that would have massive impact. It would have incredible impact because it works. It matters. One thousand percent agree. All right, Cody. Is there anything else you have for us? I don't think so. I think I'm hoping. I'm going to say it again. I'm hoping people are listening to this and feel just one degree more prepared and more equipped with information and tools to now use as far as how they can get involved, how they can protect their babies, but also make an effort in rescuing and protecting others. So. Right. Um, me and Cody, we, we discussed, we have, um, we've decided to do a in-person fundraiser slash event later this fall. I will let you guys know on dates but we would love to incorporate this aspect and this conversation and this organization, this movement into that and donate proceeds to OUR. We also, me and Cody discussed, we're gonna put up um, fundraiser link on our social media pages to donate to OUR for, and like, I, I love that you discussed earlier the different areas that the proceeds can go to, the aftercare, the actual operations, it can go to so many different aspects of the movement. So we will be doing that. I appreciate you so much. You have no idea. <laughs> Thank you for letting me. I'm, I feel honored to be here and to feel like a podcast is a podcast, but it's still sharing information. So you allowing me to have some kind of platform to do this is incredible. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And I, I honestly believe we will I would love to do another one, two, three, four, however many, and talk about different areas of this. I would love that. Yes, please. Okay. We'll do that. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining me and Cody on this conversation. I know it's not a fun one to listen to. I know it doesn't, it doesn't bring those warm, fuzzy feelings sometimes, but I hope this helped give you some tips, some tools, some resources to be able to help protect your kids, kids around you, and also support those who are going out and doing incredible things for these children. I have immense love and respect and admiration for people that are going in hands-on and doing these operations. But not only that, for the people that are supporting them, for people like you and me that can do our part in doing a fundraiser, in doing you know a donation, in helping volunteer, or even just keeping an eye out when we're out in town and communicating with our kids. That was a really common theme tonight was open communication with our kids and having these talks. They're not fun. And yes, use discretion. <laughs> Don't tell your five-year-old everything that you've read online about what happens with trafficked children. Have discernment, tell your kids what you believe is appropriate but give them the knowledge, give them 
real honestly, the confidence to say no if someone is making them feel uncomfortable. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation in a way that it's valuable for you and that armed you with some more knowledge than you had before you listened. If so, please share it with people. Please have conversations with people in your community around you. We can't hide from this. It's here. So we need to shine that light on it. All right, y'all. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys. See ya.